Hello, and welcome to UX Soup, a short-form podcast that looks beyond the buzzwords to give you the latest developments impacting the user experience of personal devices and services in the home, in the car, and on the go. As always, UX Soup is presented by Strategy Analytics, a global research and consulting firm providing our clients insights, analysis, and expertise. I'm Chris Schreiner. Lisa and Derek are off doing research today. Uh, so I am joined today once again by the vice president of our UX practice, Kevin Nolan. Kevin, welcome back. Hello, Chris. Thank you very much for having me back. I must have said something interesting the first time. <laughs> you always say interesting things. Oh, you charmer. So I invited you back on uh, because wanted to talk about something you've been working on recently. It's easy in any tech industry to be very forward thinking. And in a way, that's what we're supposed to do, helping clients design the next generation of products and services or the first generation. So it's easy to fall into the trap of not taking a look at where we've been to take kind of retrospective. It's important to look back from where we've come from to see a, a clearer path forward. And this is something that you've been doing recently. So I wanted to talk to you about it. So why don't we start by uh, tell me a bit about where we were 10 years ago. What were we doing and what did the tech world look like? Yeah, as you say, I've been looking back 10 years. Uh, where, where, where this started was um, we put out a piece of research uh, a decade ago at the start of uh, 2011, um, looking at key trends for UX design and UX innovation uh, over the coming decade. So obviously, uh, now that we're in 2021, we thought we would see how did how did we do? Did uh, things develop the way we thought they were? And yes, as you say, 10 years is a long time. And in going back and reviewing the research we did then and the way the world was then, it, it's quite mind-blowing, actually, to think about how different things were. It, it's only 10 years, but it seems like a lifetime ago. In, in 2011, when we, we wrote this, this paper, the iPhone and the first Android smartphones had only existed for a couple of years. And the, the, the fundamental disruptive effect of those products really hadn't been felt yet. Um, at that point, a smartphone was still basically a phone. Um, it wasn't yet what it would become, you know, a, a, like a true mobile computing device. It had fixed features. It had a web browser for accessing online content and, and a few apps, but those apps were basically little chunks of the internet that you could access with one tap. On, online content really was not generally designed for apps or for mobile optimized uh, experiences. It was designed for the PC screen first, and occasionally you might have some mobile opti optimized versions. And, and really kind of underpinning all of that and the key change that, of course, we've seen in the last 10 years is that connected services were much slower to access and they were much more likely to be device centric. In, in 2011, 4G LTE was only available in Scandinavia. So most access to connected services was done over 3G networks. Cloud services were really mostly thought of as somewhere to back up your pictures. We just didn't think in a truly connected and cloud-centric way. On top of that, there was a whole lot of discussion at the time and a whole lot of debate about the direction that 
the mobile industry would take in terms of operating systems. In, in 2011, there were still five viable mobile operating systems out there. There was iOS, there was Android, but there was Microsoft, Nokia, Microsoft, BlackBerry, Palm, WebOS, and all of these were vying for their own developer time to develop their own ecosystems in different ways and in different directions. So all in all, a, a very, very different perspective and a different situation from where we are now. Can you talk to me a bit about some of the research that we were doing back then? What were some of the, the key insights that we were telling our clients to do back in 2011? Yeah, so, so the, the, the directions that, that we were pointing to obviously pick up on all of those things that, that have since happened that, that we could see developing. We, we came up with kind of a, an approach which took three poles of development for new experiences. One was personalization, uh, the second one was context awareness, and the third one was convergence or multi-screen. Personalization, actually back then, personalization was not quite what we think of personalization of experiences today. What we actually meant then was customization, because again, as I mentioned, really apps in 2011, there, there weren't a huge number of apps, and they weren't very valuable. They weren't at the heart of the mobile experience. As I mentioned, up to this point, a phone had basically been a phone. All of the, the evolution of the connected app experience happened with faster and more ubiquitous connectivity and, and as processing migrated more from the device to the cloud. So that meant that basically the user experience, when we were talking about personalization, we felt it was going to become much more unique. Uh, and users would be able to personalize or customize their devices through apps to make their own personal experience. And then that was really going to change everything. So that was personalization. The second area was context awareness. And this, we, we might talk today really about system-based personalization on the basis of user preferences, location, um, his, their, their history. Really what we were talking about at that point was AI, as we would call it now, but the term really hadn't become popular. So the ability for the system to really understand the user's objectives, to understand context, to reason, and, and to, to provide a more consultative type of experience, a more intelligent experience. And the last area was convergence, as I said, or, or you might call it multi-screen. And again, thinking back, to where we were then and what we could see starting to happen. We could see cloud architecture starting to evolve. We could see through the rollout of 4G, and of course now we have 5G networks, faster, more connected, more always-on experiences. And so we advised clients at that point that they really needed to start thinking about a multi-screen universe, convergence across networks, convergence across devices, with users expecting to be able to access their content, their experiences via any touch point. And again, we look back now and it seems so obvious, but, but back then the idea of having uh, multi-screen, multi-touch point experiences with, con with intuitive experiences optimized, depending upon the interface, was something that was only really starting to occur. So how well do you think that we've done over the past 10 years in those three areas of personalization, context, AI, and convergence? Where do you think we've done very well? Where have we fallen short? 
what has surprised you? It's interesting to see that thankfully we, we, we seem to get it more or less right. Where we are now in, in 2021, all of these types of areas have gone on to, to radically change connected experiences. However, you know, personalization hasn't been without its pitfalls. We know that today designers are thinking about what, what is the, the right level of personalization. We've seen a lot of connected experiences that get the balance wrong between providing a tailored experience so that the user feels that so the service really knows who they are across to the other side where um, it's too much personalization, where it's almost creepy, where the user feels that the level of personalization is being intrusive. So that's something that I think we're still kind of wrestling with. If we think about convergence, again, it's, it's equally hard to think now about connected experiences that exist just on one device, right? The huge shift to a cloud architecture, to account-based access, to experiences delivered through software as a service means that more and more devices are seen as simply a, a point of access rather than where the experience resides, which is great to provide seamless uh, experiences across different touch points. But the problems that we've seen, which I think are actually still bec becoming more and more um, of an issue, are around when users are offline. Obviously, the the amount of time that users are offline is becoming less and less, but it still happens. And I think it's important to provide a good offline experience. And if we think moving forward, I, I think it's quite possible that users are going to be looking to be able to switch off certain aspects of their connected experience as they look to digitally detox. And providing some aspect of an experience that works while offline will be potentially an avenue that uh, designers will look to have opportunities to create new experiences moving forward. And I guess the last area for context awareness, well, obviously, uh, since 2011, we've seen a huge surge in the types of experience that have leveraged context awareness, artificial intelligence, uh, to provide consumers with richer experiences. Um, one of the main areas, of course, is um, applying AI to enhance relevance, uh, matching recommendations, for example. This is actually one area where we probably expected progress to go much further than it already has. What we're seeing now with a lot of um, these types of quasi-AI solutions is that they help consumers with, say, the decision-making process. But that whole process is more complicated than just choosing from a number of options. So what we were probably thinking about back then was that by 2021, we'd have a type of technology that does more than simply help users to have relevant suggestions. We were expecting almost like a consultation engine so that the technology understands broader factors and helps the user by, rather than just giving them more choices, by consulting with them, for example, to help them to make a decision. So that's probably one area where progress hasn't been quite as far as we expected. Yeah, so I completely agree with you about AI. I think that's one of the areas that we've overestimated uh, over the past 10 years. As we've seen, the prediction accuracy is only as good as the data that comes into it. And even some of the algorithms, we thought that they would perform better than they have. 
Absolutely. I I have a funny feeling that maybe if we're still if we're still working, we might be here in another ten years talking about the failure of AI to live up to expectations, Chris. Um, but um, there's exactly as you say. There, it's it's tough. It, providing meaningful experiences that really work well, driven by AI, has proven to be much harder than we thought it would. And then once we actually get to that point, if we can get to that point, then there's the whole discussion about how do you actually monetize these propositions? I mean, if we look at failures of initiatives like uh, Under Armour's Health Box solution, for example, you know, these were supposed to be these true decision support, concierge, consultative types of solutions that brought together data from a whole number of areas to really provide a solution to users. And they provided great promise. In theory, they were great solutions. The, the problem was getting them to a point that they worked well enough to drive uptake and to drive monetization. So maybe over the next 10 years, we will actually find solutions driven by AI that work well enough to provide a good enough experience, but also, most importantly, can make money for the companies that are developing so what do you think in the other areas that we're going to see over the next 10 years? Well, I think if we kind of yeah, look forward for, for personalization, as I said, most focus so far that we've seen on personalization has really been to drive engagement or, or to sell more stuff, recommendations, offers, incentives. What we expect to see over the next 10 years is that more use cases develop that can improve the overall experience. I think we're still kind of in the wild west phase of the mobile experience with every app demanding the user's intention and engagement. As we move forward, as we become more evolved in terms of designing experiences, I think use cases that provide deeper benefits to the user and maybe in a more holistic way will emerge. So experiences that simplify a user's life, help them to prioritize help them to digitally detox, as I mentioned earlier. These could be ones where personalization drives further into the experience. For convergence, I think uh, the key challenge will just be to keep pace with connecting ever more screens and devices to the user's connected ecosystem. We've already seen over the last 10 years an explosion of categories of connected smart devices, everything now from smart watches to smart home theater displays, also devices without uh, displays, new HMI modalities, so flexible displays, devices that are primarily interfaced through the user's voice, and indeed devices that have no interface, so the connected internet of things. All of this provides so much more complexity, and just as we're starting to get to grips, with providing a, a multi-screen experience, we need to now go beyond that to extend it to a wider connected ecosystem. That's going to be a huge challenge, uh, but I have a feeling that, again, that's going to be one of the areas where the company that successfully figures this out is going to have a key advantage. So out of all of those areas, what do you think will be the biggest improvement that we're going to make over the next decade? I think Broadly speaking, our, our conclusion from revisiting this research suggests that the directions for the next 10 years will be the same. 
We don't see at this stage anything as fundamentally disruptive as the shift from feature phone to smartphone was. So it'll be a question of taking these directions of personalization, of context awareness, of convergence, and providing a focus on more refined solutions to make them really deliver on a user-centric level. I already touched upon some of the, the, the ways in which we think this needs to happen, but we developed four key kind of recommendations for success that we think companies need to focus on over the next 10 years. And those are overcoming data fragmentation to really deliver insights and recommendations that are truly personalized. Making sure that all experiences are harmonious, making sure that there's seamless integration of all the disparate objects and data sources and keeping on top of that as it expands. The third one is elevating interaction towards consultation, really helping users to find experiences, find solutions to their problems rather than simply enhancing relevance. We think conversational user interfaces, chatbots, natural language communication, HMIs, these are all things that point the way towards providing a more consultative type of experience. And the last one, as I touched upon earlier, moving away from driving more and more engagement with specific apps towards a more balanced engagement and a more relevant engagement. So driving engagement with the user at the right time based upon their needs, based upon their emotional state. Getting all of this together really represents the next leap or the next step change uh, in the experience. And it will be a case of refining what we have now in order to provide something truly valuable. Well, we certainly know what we're going to be doing over the next 10 years. <laughs> lots to continue to, to look at, lots to research, and uh, hopefully lots of exciting new developments. Excellent. So, of course, if you'd like to learn more about Kevin's work, our outlook for the next 10 years, or for any of our other research, you can email us at uxsoup, all one word, at strategyanalytics.com. Kevin, a pleasure as always. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for your time, Chris. My pleasure. A reminder that on our podcast website, ux-soup.com, you can check out our episode notes and transcripts, find links to recent research, connect with us on LinkedIn and Twitter, and at the bottom of the page, sign up to get the latest news from our team. A reminder that UX Soup is sponsored by Strategy Analytics. Check out the latest user-focused insights in mobile automotive and the smart home by visiting strategyanalytics.com. Thanks for joining us. Bye for now.